Blog Talk Radio. And now on Blog Talk Radio, you're listening to Wine Talk with Stu the Wine Guru. Welcome to Wine Talk. Today, Wednesday, April 7th, 2010. It's 7 p.m. I'm your host, Stu the Wine Guru, coming to you live from beautiful Coral Springs, Florida, as I always do. As you know, I'll take your calls anytime during the show at 1-646-381-4860 or email me your questions at info at You can also go into the, my live chat room I have set up here on the show page and ask any questions of me and my guest tonight. Thank you to all my listeners worldwide who have gotten the word out about the show via Twitter, Facebook. MySpace, Tumblr, and of course the old-fashioned way, they emailed their friends. There was also the people that went around and said, Hey, I was on the internet last night at a party. I was at an internet, on the internet last night at a party, and uh, somebody was telling me about this Stu the Wine Guru. So anyway, I want to say thanks to everybody that did it in whatever way they did to get the word out there. I call that the power of the people meets the power of the internet. If you want to know anything about me or find out more, you can just Google Stu the Wine Guru. You can find the websites, videos, articles, and shows I'm currently part of. Speaking of articles and reviews, I'm writing wine articles and reviews for Yahoo, for Google, and The Examiner. So look for those as well. I also have made a Wine 101 video series. They're viral that can be viewed all over the web in different countries and translated into different languages. Or you can just go to my website, www.stewthewineguru.com, and check those out. First, I want to thank tonight the sponsor, Seven Springs Vineyard for their participation and their patronage. I will be bringing on my guest for tonight's show shortly, who is involved with Seven Springs, and he is here to talk about the upcoming vintage and their wines. We have got a fantastic show for you tonight. As always, when I have a guest sponsor on, the format changes a bit, so bear with me. I won't be doing my usual industry updates, wine reviews, wine festivals, and restaurant reviews, as I want to dedicate the full hour to my guest. Of course, the number to call in, 1-646-381-4860, or email me your questions at info info at stewthewineguru.com, or of course, you can join me live in the chat room here on the show page, and I'll field your questions for me or my guests, and we'll do it in real time. Okay, let's get right to it. Let's talk about wine. As I mentioned at the top of the show, my guest tonight is representing a new wine company on the South African wine landscape. 
The first vintage of Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc should be ready by this summer. Fingers crossed. So we have a great opportunity to talk to him before he and his wines become the talk of the industry. The namesake of the vineyard and wines is Seven Springs out of the western Cape Town area of South Africa. And his name is Tim Pearson from a town a few miles outside of Stratford-upon-Avon where Shakespeare wrote his tales in England. Let's welcome to the show Tim Pearson. And let me do this in the right way. Hold on a second. Tim, you there? Hi, Stu. How are you? I am excellent tonight. I'm very happy to have you on. I look forward to our chat, as will my listeners when they get a chance to hear all about your wines, upcoming, the vineyard, and yep. a little bit about South Africa and yourself. So, okay. uh, I have many questions, but as I like to do, let's start from the beginning. So, first question, as the ruler of the free world, what are your plans for boosting the... Oh, I'm sorry, that's for President Obama, if I had him on. Hold on a second, let me, let me get the right question. I, I don't mind doing a three-way with President Obama if he's on, <laughs> on the other line, so... I'll get him on. That was my question if they had him on. Okay, so now on to my real question for you tonight. So, well, let's start from the beginning. When, when did you know you had a passion for wine? I, I don't get a chance to often ask that of every everyone that I have on, but I want to ask you that first and foremost. Okay, I guess my first passion for wine, um, I've enjoyed wine, I guess, since um, uh, I was in my sort of early mid-twenties. I yeah. used to drink beer. Um, I used to play uh, quite a bit of soccer and uh, sport when I was younger and used to have a beer after the, uh, after the match. Okay. Um, and then um, I guess uh, my first wine was uh, a German Riesling, um, which is a, quite a sweet wine and I decided I liked wine so I guess it developed from there, and then, as most people, your wine style changes as you sort of, I guess, get older and try different things. Um, so probably from my mid-twenties, I started appreciating wine. Okay. Um, let's see. So it gives gives us a little bit of a, of a uh, moving forward, an idea of how you got involved in it. Now, I'm taking it that it wasn't an immediate thing that you thought of, well, I like wine, let's uh, let's see if I can make some. So where did that <laughs> junction in your life actually start? Where did that where did that come from? Where did you have that desire to say I I you know, I'd love to have I'd love to start making wine and you know, taking from your passion for drinking it and enjoying it to to that next level. I guess at an early age, if I'd wanted to make wine, I'd have uh, probably done it at home in my uh, home brewing kit. But uh, no, I mean, it was um, uh, in 1994, I actually lived in South Africa. Um, my wife and I and two young daughters were going to buy a, um, a cleaning business in South Africa. In the UK, um, I started my own cleaning business um, in 1993, and that's the business that I have over here in the UK. Um, in 1994, we actually went over to South Africa to buy a, a vineyard, not vineyard, sorry, a, a cleaning business. Yes. And it didn't work. It didn't work out. But we spent six months in South Africa and got to know a part of the country that was very, very beautiful. And so my um, my sort of love affair from South Africa or for South Africa came from that sort of that sort of beginnings. Uh, we then came back to the UK and my, built my business up over here. And what happened uh, in the interim period, um, we went on a lot of wine holidays as a family to Europe. Um, okay. They weren't designed as being wine holidays, but we ended up in places like the Loire Valley. That's beautiful. Um, so the, the kids and Vaughan had to sort of endure one or two vineyard visits. And I guess my, um, you know, my, my interest and my passion for wine just developed. 
as I guess yours must have done, you know. It's, oh, yes. It's something that, uh, that, that gets into your blood. Yes. So, um, Figuratively you know, and literally. Exactly, yeah. And it's, I love wine. I love, uh, I love learning about wines. And, you know, when, we, when we're in the Loire Valley, uh, we, we tried Chenin Blancs, Sauvignon Blancs, uh, Muscadet. And then I wanted to know a little bit more about different Sauvignon Blancs, different Chenin Blancs from different areas. So I tried different wines. Um, when the first New Zealand wines first started coming over here from Marlborough to Sauvignon Blancs, you know, we were some of the first to, to sort of try those wines. And that was something should... like Brancot, probably? Actually, yes, it was. I mean, that's the, the Brancot estate. You mean from Montana? I yes. think that was one of the one of the first ones. Yeah, that was one of the first ones planted. Mm-hmm. So yes, it developed, but um, uh, we didn't have the money at, at at that stage to sort of look to do anything like we're doing at the moment. Right. And then in 2005, um, we went back to South Africa uh, for our 25th wedding anniversary, and my wife Vaughan said before we went out, if you're really seriously interested in doing something uh, along the lines of uh, a wine farm or something like that. Um, let's have a look at it. Let's explore the options um, when we go over. So and that leads me to another question. In fact, before I ask it, I want to let my listeners know that if you want more information about Seven Springs, the website link is http colon forward slash forward slash the number seven word springs dot co now, the question I was going to ask is, is that, you, you know, you've been to the Loire Valley, and I mean, going there, you know, you can, you can have an immediate love affair with, with wine, just, just being there. So, I understand that you had gone to South Africa earlier, and, and I enjoyed it. So, that, that brings me to the question, so why South African wine, and why South Africa, and not maybe Italian, French, <laughs> Australian yeah, that's a good question. Um, in the interim of us uh, coming back from South Africa, and um, we, uh, or I went to quite a number of wine shows in the UK. Yeah. There's a show we have over here called the London International Wine Fair, which is a, an annual event where winemakers and wineries come from all over the world mm-hmm. um, to show, uh, show their products. And I went to most of those most years for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. I got to know one or two of South Africa's top winemakers, probably by just showing an interest in their wines and in their country and speaking with them. And I found, like with most winemakers and wine people from anywhere in the world, there's a great passion and commitment to produce the best wines that people can from the from the land that they have. Absolutely. So I I met with Bayer's Truter, who is um, uh, the owner and winemaker at a winery called Bayer's Kloof, which is in Stellenbosch. Yes, which is a very well-known... It is, yes, Pinotage. Mm-hmm. And a guy called Darnie Devet, who owns the Devetshoff estate, in a place called Robertson, mm-hmm. and these are well known, or were well known to me. These were people well known to me because their wines were sold over here in the UK and were quite prominent on supermarket shelves. Yeah. And to actually meet the the winemaker and the proprietors in person, Incredible, really huh? just bought, bought it home. That's right. Yeah. We have a caller. That if you'd like to take a call and uh, field a question, Tim. So sure. let, I'm going to bring them on. Caller, what is Hello? your name and where are you calling from? Is that for me? Yes, for you. Oh, um, hi, Tim. It's Matt from New Jersey. Uh, gosh, good gosh. Hi, Matt from New Jersey. How are you? <laughs> Fine. How are you? You too, Stu. Good evening. Good evening, uh, Matt. How are you? This is great. I love this. I now know what I'm doing on Wednesday nights. There you go. Hey, wow. I got a, I got another fan, huh? Well, I'm going to try to figure out how I could put it up on my PA system in the store. <laughs> oh, that would be great. It would be fantastic. Why not? So, are you, you know, I'll I'll just, Matt. What's that? 
talk to us, Matt. I uh, just had a quick question. Um, I, I, I had this after our email exchange this morning. I was wondering also why you picked South Africa versus the Loire when you had a, you know, especially the Shenans that come out of the Loire and also the Shenans that come out of South Africa. Um, it was just a matter of you, you like the region as opposed to, you know, something new we need to develop there. Yeah, that's a good question. But firstly, um, anybody else listening, just to say that um, I hadn't um, a clue who Matt was until earlier today. I connected with this guy on LinkedIn, yes. um, and, and it was about 10 o'clock UK time this morning, um, or no, a little bit after, I guess. And then I told Matt or emailed the guy and let him know, you know, what we're all about sure. and said that I was going to be on uh, this American talk show tonight with a guy called Stu the Wine Guru. And then Matt sort of said, okay, I'm going to be listening in. I'll, I'll post a question to you. So what a small world, hey? There you go. Uh, and, we're getting, and we're bringing it all together. We're connecting the world one wine enthusiast at a time. <laughs> yeah, and that's the one thing that I found within the wine industry. It's that enthusiasm, that passion, and that's a word that I'm, I'll probably use a lot tonight, but the commitment. Um, going back to your question, Matt, um, yeah, I love the Loire Valley. I love French wines. I love uh, the Rhone. I love, you know, Bordeaux, Burgundy. Um, but to answer your question, very simply, they speak very good English in South Africa. Um, <laughs> They don't speak so good English in, in, in France, and my French is not particularly good. Yeah, that, you know what? That's the most honest, but one of the best answers I, I think I've ever heard for someone not to make wine in France. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. it I love been, it. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been an obstacle. You know, I, I love the French. I mean, they have a lot of tradition. Um, they have some excellent wines. I just think in the last few years that... Uh, New World wine producers have um, sort of uh, up, up, their, um, up their production. I mean, places like New Zealand, like I said earlier, in the early days in New Zealand, in the 1980s, the, the wide, widely planted grape variety was Muller Turgau. And mm -hmm. to see how that wine industry has uh, revitalized and um, suddenly changed and is now... Uh, leading edge winemaking uh, world country, you know, it just shows what can be done in a very, very short space of time. Yes. And I think there's that passion in South Africa. There's that, um, that certainly has the climate for making great wines. And there's not the barriers that you might have in, in Europe mm -hmm. um, with, with uh, you know, with, with the... Um, with the situation with um, you know Appalachian controller and things like this, right? So, well, I tell you, I want to, I'd like to bring two people together here on this show, and this will be an interesting thing I'm going to do here for both of you. Matt actually had sent me an email explaining that he will be opening up a wine retail shop in Florida, in Orlando, sometime. Uh, I take it towards the winter. Is that what it is? Early winter is our goal. Early winter. So hopefully when the June vintage comes out or the summer vintage comes out for your Sauvignon and your Chardonnay uh, and you have the um, distribution in, in the United States, you will yeah. be, you'll talk with the vintner, Matt, of which you, you'll have his South African wines on your shelf. Yep. There you go. So I made the match. Yeah. Right here on this show. I, you know what? I, I think that's a cause for applause. Let me just put that on. One second. So, there we go. If I had my trumpet playing, I, I had that too. And a drum roll. But anyway. All right, so. Hey, I, I, think, I think the applause was a little bit delayed. And, um, yes, it was. I don't think, she, I don't think she, sorry, you can take credit for this because I actually connected with, with Matt earlier today, you know. I see. Now, I wanted to do that on the show. It would have been a great moment there. I even did the... But that's okay. That's fine. I I'm, I'm just, just happy that... I I'll bring the cheers to the Mets game tonight. There you go. 
Brilliant. Well, all, you, all I can say is maybe you've cemented a relationship. How about that? That would be good. Yep. Either way. Either way, I'm happy. doesn't make a difference. Matt, really um, nice to talk. Really nice yes, to talk to you. Yes, great to talk with you guys. I'll listen to the rest of the show. That would be great. Yeah. I appreciate it, Matt. No, okay. have a great evening. Hey, you got enough well. coffee, Tim? Yeah, no, I didn't need that coffee. I hear you had two earlier, though, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm just drinking water at the moment, you know. <laughs> okay, have thanks a great again, evening. Thanks again, thanks again for calling in, Matt. And, no problem. Uh, and, and, and listen in. Continue to listen, and uh, I'm glad I have a fan, and hopefully we'll, you'll, you'll be listening on a, on a weekly basis as well. Yes. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, all the best, Matt. Bye-bye. So moving on, um, what I did want to ask about was finding the right viticulturist. Uh, yeah. And I want you to, if you would, if you would for my listeners, just take them through what it takes to do that, to actually find the right viticulturist to make your wine. And, and if, take, take us through the process, if you would. Okay. I mean, you know, it's, um, it's quite a logistical uh, situation living in the UK at the moment and, you know, putting something like this together. Um, what I had learned through my business in the UK, uh, and the business here is called Goldcrest Cleaning, and the, we are a commercial cleaning company, um, cleaning offices and shops and uh, malls and things like that. Um, uh, the important thing in building a team, a team of people that you can trust, a team of people that um, want to work for uh, your company. Um, so I've built that sort of ethos over here, and we've got some great loyal people. And I have people now that can manage that business, and I can concentrate uh, more on Seven Springs. Um, so I looked at a similar sort of format um, in South Africa, if we just take it back a little and go back to when Vaughan and I went for our 25th wedding anniversary sure. to South Africa, we actually went to look at um, vineyard land in and around Stellenbosch, right. the, um, the historical heartland of um, Cape wine or South African wine. Um, we found that the money that we were thinking of sort of spending would buy us a a postage stamp of land uh, in Stellenbosch. Right. Um, so we traveled to one or two different areas, slightly outlying areas from Stellenbosch, which um, would probably be described as up-and-coming areas. Um, one was a place called Elgin, which is spelled E-L-G-I-N, uh, yeah. which is uh, about an hour out of Cape Town, an hour east of Cape Town. Um, slightly cooler, slightly higher. It's an apple growing area, but it's now growing some superlative Sauvignon Blancs. Mm -hmm. We stopped there and had a look around, and then we moved on and went to a place called Hermanus, where yeah. we, we stopped for a couple of days. And just before leaving Hermanus, I said to Vaughan, look, there's just a couple of wineries that we need to go and see down this, this valley. The valley's called the Heaven and Earth Valley. It's Hemelanard is the name in Afrikaans, heaven and earth okay. in English. And Vaughan said, oh, two more, okay. Went down this valley, visited these wineries, drove down. And when we came back, Vaughan said, oh, this is just fantastic. If we're going to buy anywhere, look it for anywhere, I'd love it to be in this area. And that was fantastic for me because I knew it was a cooler climate area. I knew that the Pinot Noir and Chardonnay that Hamilton Russell and Bouchard Finneson were making was the, some of the best, certainly the best Pinot Noir in South Africa and some of the best Chardonnays. So um, uh, that was how it started. We came back to the UK and I did some web searches and then about two, three months later, I found some land that was available. So that's where the sort of... Um, the land purchase came from. The land we bought was virgin land. It was never been planted before with, with vines. It had cows on it or cattle on it. Mm -hmm. And we had soil analysis um, uh, done of all of the land. And it was described by the, the guy that did the, um, the analysis for us as being 
uh, eminently suitable for uh, a variety of, of, uh, of uh, uh, vines, mm -hmm. uh, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, Syrah, Malbec, you know. Um, so that's where uh, the land came from. Uh, the next thing was to sort of find somebody to farm the land for us. And that was quite easy because the guy we bought the land off, a guy called Brian Davison, who's a sheep farmer, a cattle farmer, his son had been farming um, uh, vineyards for the last six, seven years. So he'd started um, being a, a vineyard manager for a right. farm just down the road from us, and the farm is called Creation. And that's how we found the viticulturist or the vineyard manager mm -hmm. so that's where that came from excellent and I, I at least give you know like I, that's where I like when I talk with um, the variety of different winemakers and and um, um, wine producers on the show I like to try to get as much information or give a lot as much information from this perspective to uh, my listeners because they don't they're not privy to that on a regular basis and so, you know, no. it may be something they may read, you know, in a Wine Spectator magazine when they're reading about uh, uh, winemakers and such. But it's never something where they actually get to hear that, the way that goes, that process of who they meet and find out about the land and, and so on and so forth. And whether it um, can be utilized for, you know, a vineyard or for growing grapes and growing, you know. So it's, it's, it's yeah, nice the one, grape. The one thing important. we did know... But one thing we did know, Stu, was that the area itself um, it will never produce that much wine because it's um, it's in a quite a narrow valley. And but we knew that um, the influence from the Atlantic Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean and a place called Walker Bay, um, right. and Walker Bay is um, some of the best land-based whale watching in the world. The, the, Southern right whales come into the bay for about six months of the year uh, to carve and to um, swim around and frolic around. And the vineyard is, as I say, approximately 10 kilometers, six, seven miles away from um, the Atlantic Ocean. So right. it has all of that sort of influence. I guess as the, the Napa Valley has this sort of influence from the Pacific, you know, we right. have influences from the Atlantic okay so I knew that the land profile and I knew that the um, the position of the land um, was very similar to further down the valley of course there are different climatic conditions and soil conditions in any vineyard or, or, or vine producing or wine producing area so you know it wasn't so much of a gamble Right. I just had to have the soil tested and analyzed to make sure that, you know, our feelings or my feelings were, were correct. Right. Well, I'm going to go to a, uh, a commercial here for you. Uh, if you'll hold on, we've got one ready for you. The newest of South African winemakers, Seven Springs Vineyard, a premium winery situated between the seaside town of Hermanus and the spa town of Caledon in the picturesque Western Cape, South Africa. Look for their noble varieties such as Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, Syrah, and Pinot Noir at a local store near you coming this summer. So moving on, I had some other questions to ask you as well. Um, can I, like sorry, can I say that? That sounds pretty good. I've never, that's the first commercial that we've ever had. Excellent. I'm glad you liked so, it. That's, <laughs> that sounds myself. very good. I, I'll, I might play that back a few times. Absolutely. Well, and I have more. <laughs> I've got more coming. Good. Um, so what was it like choosing other integral parts of the distribution chain, like importers and distributors in the countries you, you like to sell in? Tell us about that. Okay. The, um, the first thing is that we, we planted the vines from scratch. So, I mean, we planted three three and a half years ago, um, we didn't have much of a story. To, we had a story to tell at the time, but um, we were too far off coming to production. So um, we made some tentative inquiries in the UK about um, people that might uh, like to take our wines, whether the wines that we were producing would fit 
their profiles. And we had people say, well, look, you know, come to us nearer the time, you know, when you've got some wine to sell or some wine to taste, then, you know, bring the stuff to us and we'll, we'll have a look at it. And then around Christmas of this year, or just before Christmas, I decided that we've got wines that will be available this year because we didn't know whether we would produce wines this year or not. Um, we were not going to produce a wine that was um, sort of a mediocre quality. Uh, we need to come to market with wines that are, um, are, are good in their first year. Right. So um, uh, the viticulturist said, look, the grapes on the vines that you have are of excellent quality, and uh, if we limit the production this year, they're going to make an excellent, um, an excellent wine this year. Right. So given that, I then said, okay, I need to up the ante a bit. We need to get out there and start promoting uh, our, our wines coming to market, tell people our story, mm -hmm. um, let them know where we're coming from, let them know that, that um, you know, we've put a lot of effort into this, we've put a lot of work into this, and, you know, we're serious about what we're doing. So I started twittering or tweeting mm -hmm. just after Christmas. I'd never, I'd never tweeted or twitted before. Um, Fun, it? Obviously, I found you, Stu, on LinkedIn, and that's something that I, I thought was, was an, an ideal um, avenue to go down because it gave me the chance to target people, if you like, or yeah. target groups of people uh, in the US, in different parts of Europe, in South Africa, even in places like Australia and Singapore. So... Um, the LinkedIn has been um, an excellent way of contacting people and a uh, prime example of that is my connection with Matt just oh, yeah. earlier today. So um, that was very successful. We set up a Facebook site uh, a couple of months ago. Would you any like to give that, by the way? I'd like you to, I'd like, any, you know, any information in addition no, to... I would do with pleasure. If, you, if any of you guys... Or girls out there on Facebook, it's Seven Springs Vineyard and Seven S E V E N Springs Vineyard. Um, and we have a Facebook site that um, it's only been up and running for a couple of months, but we have about 130 uh, uh, fans, Excellent. and that is really great. Yeah, and and the website was launched uh, a couple of months ago as well, and. You know, we've had some positive feedback on that. So, you know, going back to um, um, targeting or looking for people to import our wines, since Christmas, we really have had a, a flood of people saying, look, I like your story. I like what, you're, what you appear to be about. Uh, let us know when your wines are ready for tasting. And that is uh, both over in this country and in the U.S. I mean, I'm... Um, I'm really uh, overwhelmed with the, uh, the response I've had from people in the wine industry uh, in the U.S. We were not looking at targeting the U.S. as a market until maybe 2011, yes. but there is such a positive response that what we may do this year is say, okay, let's look at the small production that we're going to have, and we'll have between sort of 10 and 12,000 bottles, which is not a great great deal but um, you know it may be we can say okay if there's if there's a real passion for our wine uh, in the in the US then maybe we'll look at uh, sending some over there and with Matt today being someone who um, shows real enthusiasm and commitment for what he's doing you know very much along the lines of, of where we're coming from yes but that's the thing, that's other thing yeah, and the other thing is um, uh, there is a company in South Africa called Cybercell, and that's spelled C-Y-B-E-R-C-E-L-L-A-R.com. I'm going to get to that. I was ask you a question about them, in fact. Oh, okay. Do you, do you want to ask me the question then, or should I yes, keep rambling on? Well, I actually was going to say uh, I wanted you to tell us a little bit about them and, and, and why you've chosen to work with them. 
Um, but I, I yeah. wanted to just make sure that my listeners and everyone out there, that remember, if you have questions, I have answers. So call me at one six four six three eight one four eight six zero, or email me at info at com, Or you can do like Andrew Harris and Felix in New Jersey uh, and hop into the chat room and ask him or myself any questions that you like, and we'll, we'll answer them. So, uh, yeah. And I'm going to have some. I have some email questions that have come through, so I'm going to. I want you to tell us about CyberSeller first. Okay. Um, we only met Fiona from CyberSeller literally ten days ago. Um, I'd known of the website here in the UK um, because they've they've been retailing uh, online South African wines in the UK, in South Africa, and in Europe for quite a while. They've got a very, very good reputation as a company um, for fair pricing and they have some of South Africa's top wines. And Fiona, the lady that runs uh, and owns Cyberseller, um, we met a couple of weeks ago um, and she is a really, a, a real driven person. You know, she just has such a, a commitment to the South African wine industry. She wants people to taste the best wines that South Africa has to offer. Okay. And she has uh, is opening a, a distribution into the U.S. in May. And okay. if anybody wants to contact Fiona, her details are Fiona, F-I-O-N-A, at Cybercellar. That's C-Y-B-E-R-C-E-L-L-A-R.com. And if you want to ask any questions about, you know, what their uh, plans are for the U.S., give them a call. Now, Fiona usually only puts wines on her list that have high rating in the South African wine guide called Platter's Wines, Platter or the Platter Guide is the South African Wine Bible. I mean, it comes out each year. It rates each winery. It rates each winery's wines. Yeah. And if you get a five-star rating in Platter, then, I mean, that's a high accolade in the South African wine industry. Mm -hmm. So Fiona usually um, uh, only puts wines on that have high-star ratings in Platter. But she said because of, uh, you know, what we what we are like as as a as a young company and the commitment that we're showing. She said as soon as our wines are available, let her try them and even even before they go into the platter guide, if she likes the wines, which she's which I'm sure she will do, she's gonna put them on, on uh the cyber seller list. So That's great. In that's, fact uh, just to let that, you know I did email her after you and I had uh talked and let her know that we would be mentioning her on the show tonight, so brilliant. Um, yeah, brilliant. So I, she actually she's on holiday at the moment, I yeah. believe. So, and if I also, you didn't get I a reply left, from her, and I left a message for her as well. So on her phone, brilliant. So thank you. Uh, I I do see some email questions coming in, so let's let's field those. Uh, the first one is from Echo Vino from Milan, Italy, and it says, "Stu, I am listening to the show, and it's great. My question for Tim is." What do you plan on charging for your wines, and will the prices be competitive with other South African wines? Thank you, and Stu, I will keep listening each week. Good luck, Tim. Oh, that was nice. Well, thanks, Echo, for your email. Good question, and uh, Tim, go for it. Yeah, thanks, Echo. Well, that's a that's a, is a very good question. And um, hey, you have got an international audience, have you not, Stu? That we do. Um, yeah. And Echo, can I say this? I'm a very, very big fan of, um, of Italy, a very big fan of Italian wines. I love, uh, love the wines that uh, you're producing over there. And my wife and I have a house in the La Marche region of, of Italy where they produce Vidicchio. And, you know, that is one of my favorite white wines. Um, so, you know, we do know a little bit about Italy. But going back to your question, we haven't set a price on the wines yet. The reason is we want to see what the quality is like first. It's no good setting a price of, say, 15 or $20 for a bottle of wine and then finding out that your wines suddenly have a, um, 
a profile of a $10 and $8 bottle of wine. Um, the price will be competitive. Yeah, we have to be competitive because that's the market we're in. We have to be realistic. But rather than setting a price, we'll wait and see as our wine develops in, in the tank and when it's bottled. We're going to get other people to give an independent judgment of the wine to tell us what the quality, they think the quality of wine is like. And then we will talk to people about setting uh, a price for it that's based on the quality. Um, we want to over-deliver on quality. So, yes, we will be competitive, Echo, and we will, um, we will try to over-deliver on, on quality. Excellent. Well, that's a smart way to go about it. And before I go on to the next email question, I do have another commercial spot for you. Hold on. To find out more about Seven Springs Vineyard latest wines, email all info at info at sevensprings.co.za. That's info, the number seven, springs.co.za. Okay, there we go. Uh, let's see. Remember, for more information about Seven Springs, the website is http colon forward slash forward slash the number seven springs dot co dot za. Okay, so the next one I have to email for you, Tim, is from Red or Dead from New York City, New York. <laughs> and it says, <laughs> I love these names. And it says, Stu, I have two questions. First one is, when will you be in New York? Do you ever do personal appearances. My second question is, how important is the U.S. market from a foreign wine company standpoint? Great show, as usual. Thanks, Stu. Okay, well, thank you for your email, Red, and yes, I take personal appearances at the wine tastings on book four or uh, any of the events that I uh, attend. Go to the website for more information on that, www.stuthewineguru.com. Tim, I think you can field the second question. Yeah, can I say this? Um, if any of you out there want to have a look at this, this guy, Stu the Wine Guru, um, just go on YouTube and put in Stu the Wine Guru and you can see him sipping one or two uh, glasses of wine by what looks like his swimming pool. That it is. Thank you. <laughs> if it's not Thank your you swimming Tim. pool, maybe it's, that is my it, swimming maybe it's pool, your swimming pool. Ah, it looks pretty good. Oh, thank you. Um, so the question is that what is the um, what does the U- U.S. market mean to um, to us or people? U.S. market, I guess, is a, is a very very big market, but I'm told it is not the easiest market for South African wineries. Or, um, we've spoken to a number of people within the industry. Uh, we've done, if you like, it's not market research. We've tested the water and sort of asked people what they feel about certain markets. And although the, the, South, Af- the South African uh, producers see uh, the American market as, uh, as a, a large uh, potential market, I think at the moment they haven't yet exploited, if that's the right word, the market totally over there. You do have a, a wine in- industry of your own, and any country with a wine in- industry of its own is... Um, a little bit protective of that industry, so it seems more difficult to get into markets such as yours. Um, legislation and things like that are um, are also something that people have to overcome. Uh, but as far as we're concerned, you know, if people show the sort of commitment that I've had from um, from people in the U.S. and that's from north to south of the U.S.A., um, then if people show me that sort of commitment for trying our wines, um, I would love to sell them over there. And um, you know, I'm, you know, that there's there is a, there is a great appreciation of wines. I think um, now in both the U.S. and the U.K., people are trying different wines from different countries. Um, Chile, Argentina are producing excellent wines from south of you. Uh, you know, New yes. Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and there's a whole new world of wines out there that uh, people are, are and can try. But um, no, I have a question for you. 
Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt. I had a question for you from our chat room, actually. And it, this will apply to you once you have set up, uh, I guess, distribution and being able to ship um, to the different countries in the U.S., hopefully being one of them, of course. Uh, Andrew in our chat room says um, that he's been considering ordering wines online. However, he's confused about the legal aspects as related to shipping wines to various states. Uh, and so he wanted, I guess, to know, I guess, the idea of being able to ship. Would you have something like a wine club, or would you be able to? Would you be? Are you considering shipping directly via online? What is is that like a, something that you're considering as part of your um, company's, you know, model? Yeah. This. Well, the strategy is, you know, the, the one thing is, like I said earlier, legislation is something that we have to, to deal with. And, you know, it's like labeling requirements and, um, you know, uh, things like importation in, or importing into, into different countries. Mm -hmm. Cyber seller have uh, purchased um, uh, a small U.S. importing company with the rights to import into 26 states in the US. Well, that so, work well for you in that sense. Exactly. I mean, that's why this appeals so much uh, to us, that if you have to go somewhere state by state or um, area by area, it makes it very, very difficult, very fragmented. Yes. Um, by doing it this way, and all I'd say is that, you know, maybe email Fiona. She said that you could, people could willingly email her on on this 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 email address, that's Fiona at cyberseller.com. Right. Um, she will answer any questions that, uh, that, that people have. Um, at the moment, um, she has one or two wines that she is shipping to the States. She's shipping more wines over. She wants about 26, um, to have 26 wines at least available before she really hits the market over there. Right. So, um, Yes, that's the situation. We would look to go in with someone like cyber seller or an importer that could um, represent us in a number of states. Okay, that yeah, that hope that definitely uh, gives a um, a complete answer to that, and then explains that aspect of it. I do have another spot here for you. I wanted to run, so let's go to that. With the cool breezes off the Atlantic Ocean. The cool climate conditions are ideal for the four grapes that Tim Pearson of Seven Springs Vineyard has chosen to focus. Sauvignon Blanc, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and Syrah, soon to be available. Check out http colon forward slash forward slash sevensprings.co.za for more information on Seven Springs Vineyards Wines. Moving on, I have another, let's see, email question. Wow, this is, this is way, way out there. Listen to this. Last one is from Mahi Bird in, from Dubai. <laughs> and it says... Sorry, which, which bird was that? Mahi Bird. What's it? I don't know. That, that to me, it's a, a combination of a fish and a bird. <laughs> Mahi is, <laughs> to me, is a fish. But okay, I you know everybody picks their name, their screen name. It's from Mahi Bird, in, from Dubai, and it says, "Stu, your show is very entertaining and informative. I'm a beverage manager at a local hotel here, and we all listen each week. My question is for Tim. Tim, how difficult was it to invest in a vineyard and not fully know if the fruit it will bear will be of the quality you desire?" Thanks to you both, and Dubai is listening to Stu the Wine Guru. Well, thank you, thank you, Mahi Bird. Very interesting screen name uh, for your email. Uh, Tim, Dubai wants to know your thoughts. Yeah, so hi, Mahi Bird. Hi, hi, Dubai as well. It's good to hear you guys listening. Um, I think in life you have to sometimes take a risk and take a gamble, and I suppose it depends which side of the fence you're on. Right. Um, some people have described me as being sort of entrepreneurial, and I don't know whether that is the case or not. I have to look up and see what on Wikipedia and see what entrepreneurial actually means. But I I know this. I'm willing to take a risk, and 
Um, the only thing that I'm not willing to take a risk is, is with my wife and my, my kids. You know, we've got two young daughters, one 26 and one 24. And, you know, the most important thing is that um, uh, I have a, a business here in the UK that has made sufficient money over the last few years for us to be able to invest in something that uh, we have great belief in um, and we have a great vision for it. I'm not going to say we're going to make the best wines in the world. What I will say is we're going to make the best wines that we can from the land that we have uh, and the, the terroir that we have, the climatic conditions that we have. And we've taken on a young winemaker who's only just turned 26. So again, that's a, that's a risk that we're taking. But on the other hand, it gives uh, Rihanna, who's our winemaker, the opportunity to show what she can do. So yes, there are risks involved. And, um, you know, there's no guarantees, but there's no guarantees in life. Right. All I know is that if you put your heart and soul into something, or you have belief in something, uh, and you do your homework, and you've got the right product or the right service, then uh, things will come right. Most importantly, and that's great. And again, I want to make sure everyone knows that the website for more information about Seven Springs is http colon forward slash forward slash the number sevensprings.co.za. So uh, my listeners should get out there, get onto your computer, get onto the site, and check it out. Actually, it's, it's beautiful. The, the picture, the first picture you see, it's just uh, it's a stunning picture, and um, you know, that's any indication of what the vineyard looks like. Anyone traveling to South Africa should get themselves over to Seven Springs just to be able to uh, to see it uh, in person because it. Looks yeah, you know, you, well, one thing, Stu, you just just stand in the vineyard and just look around. I mean, it, the scenery is is stunning, um, and. You know, it's awe-inspiring. You just stand there or you sit there and you just look and there are mountains, there's a valley and, you know, I can see why the Afrikaans called it heaven on earth. You yeah. know, it's, um, it's a beautiful spot. If you would, on that point, I just want to just, you know, give my, my listeners who may not have ever traveled to South Africa but are looking to or would consider it as a vacation or holiday, depending on where you're yeah. from on the pond, side of the pond, um, give them just an idea of how that um, the wine region, the Appalachians, kind of work with, in relation to where yours is and then how everyone else's falls out from there, if you would. Okay, well, um, first of all, there, there are Americans that do visit South Africa because I've yeah. met quite a few of them. So it, it is in the radar for, for you guys over there. Um, if you look at South Africa on the map, um, if you sort of uh, look at the bottom of, of the African continent, South Africa is right down there at the bottom. And in the bottom left-hand corner, if, if you're looking at it, the, the western side of South Africa um, is the Western Cape. And the Western Cape is the area where the vines are all grown or the, uh, or the wine um, the winemaking is. Um, it's all within a very, very small area relatively. Stellenbosch, as I said earlier, uh, which is the, uh, the sort of heart of the winemaking industry and where the winemaking in South Africa um, uh, has its earliest beginnings, right. is about an hour from, from Cape Town. Um, we're an hour and a bit east of Cape Town. Um, uh, on the um, on the Atlantic uh, on the Atlantic coast, and about 20 30 miles from where we are going to the east of the country, the Atlantic Ocean hits the Indian Ocean, and I can tell you this that the Indian Ocean is uh, a lot warmer than the Atlantic Ocean, yeah. and um, so you that's. So South Africa itself um, has two oceans. On the east side of the country, you have the Indian Ocean. On the west side of the country, you have the Atlantic Ocean. Right. And as I say, all, all the winelands are around, uh, based around Cape Town. Yeah, that's the other thing. Uh, I, I think um, 
not to say that the uh, the U.S. doesn't have uh, vacationers going out to South Africa. It's become very, very popular. Um, I think that potentially Europe has found it or had found it a lot sooner than we did. Uh, I think we yeah. found it because of the fact of the wines. More, more, and, and I would say that as, as well as getting the chance to do a maybe a safari, you know, uh, and to see the, the you know, the, the uh, an, wild animals in their habitat and their natural habitat. Yeah. I think that's kind of what the original pull and draw was from South Africa. And then, I, then as the wines have become extremely popular and uh, world-renowned and, uh, you know, top quality and, and unbelievable, I think that's what's yeah. drawn, um, you know, more of the, of at least I could say from our side, the U.S., a lot more people there because of, uh, you know, and has kept people. Plus, the other thing is, from what I've seen, and again, that's, I've said this before on the show, it's, it's the, probably one of the only wine regions I have not been to, um, but, you know, I've, I've, I've researched and have, of course, drank the wines of, uh, and, and, and seen things on, um, that the accommodations that are offered there are, are also unbelievable. I did sure. want to play, I have another commercial for you, so I want to get that out to you. Hold on one second. Thank you. Seven Springs Vineyard from beautiful South Africa brings you Seven Springs Wine, coming soon to a wine retailer near you, summer of 2010, Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc, first vintage. For more information about Seven Springs Vineyard and Seven Springs Wine, go to http colon forward slash forward slash the number seven springs dot c o dot z a. Okay, so uh, let's see what else I have here. Well, I wanted to ask you uh, again if there are any causes, associations, Tim, that you want to get out to my listeners. Um, you want to mention so that, you know, let them know about this way if they're interested as well in things that you're interested in, in addition to. Um, the vineyard, of course, and the wines in South Africa. By all means, I would love for you to, to let them know about it. Um, just to give you an example, I had on last week's show uh, David Duncan of Silver Oak fame in yeah, Napa Valley. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and uh, and he was mentioning about uh, um, you know Lance Armstrong and the Cancer uh, Association, and so forth. So if there's anything, any cause that you feel very strongly about or passionate about, by all means, please mention it. Uh, let my listeners know because uh, they are well-rounded in addition to being well-traveled. <laughs> when you say well-rounded, are you, are you talking about their body shapes now, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's very good. Well, that's good comeback. Touche. <laughs> no, but yes. I, um, talking about Lance Armstrong, actually Lance was in South Africa just two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he was riding in a, um, a, a cycle race over there and... Um, you know, he he was uh, headlines in most of the papers, and I think the yes. guy is absolutely amazing. So, you know, uh, you know, I'd like to sort of say anybody out there that's a Lance Armstrong fan, and I guess who isn't, right. you know, the the guy is uh, is somebody that um, we can all look up to. Absolutely. Um, I have a you know, I have a lot of things in life that um, I enjoy. Um, but what I'd like to do is just to, going back to South Africa. You 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 are exactly right. The Europeans had, and certainly the the uh, the, the Britain, the United Kingdom, uh, the Dutch. The Dutch were the first settlers in South Africa in 1655, and then the, the British were there. So there's a historical connection to South Africa right. uh, with Europe. And as you said, uh, South uh, America doesn't quite have that sort of connection, and it's quite a flight to get to South Africa. For, for us, we is. just go in a straight line up and down, and there's a one or a two-hour time difference. Um, right. So it's it's quite easy relatively for us, but it is a stunning uh, country visually. Um, as you said, you have uh, a lot of wild animals there. There's a a place called the Kruger National Park, and the Kruger National yes. Park in the east east of the country is 
It's the size of whales, uh, whales over here in the United Kingdom. I don't know what that relates to in size of, uh, anywhere in, in the States, but mm-hmm. um, you, can, you can drive around all day and see lions. Um, you can see uh, elephant, rhinoceros, all, all of the, the, the African uh, game there. So there's so much to do and see over there. And I guess if I was sort of doing a commercial for South Africa, uh, you know, there, there, there is so much to do and see. And of course, yeah. the Soccer World Cup 2010 is in South Africa. It's the first country in the African continent to put the Soccer World Cup on. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of anticipation for that. And that's happening in June. So our wine's coming out this year. That'd be perfect um, timing. It's quite, a, quite, a, quite a perfect timing. But, well, I um, wanted going to back say to my, you. Sorry. Going back to my passions, let me just say, my, my, my wife, Vaughan, has been a big inspiration to, for me. And, I mean, she's, we, we will have been married 30 years this October. And my two girls, Kim and 